Chapter 5 is the modern Bible canon, the complete set of sacred scriptures. The Bible-based churches seem to have reserved to themselves not only the right to interpret scripture, as we saw in the last chapter, but the authority to di dictate to their laity just what is to be considered authorized scripture and what isn't. They, it also seems they, that is the rabbis and priests, took it upon themselves to decide what sacred books or scrolls to be included in the canon of authorized scripture as well. This begs the obvious question, from where did they receive this authority, especially in light of what is written in Deuteronomy 4 verse 2, where it says, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take anything from it, that is, that you may keep the commandments of Yahweh your God which I command you. As an example of sacred writings being inserted and removed from the canon at will by the church leaders is the book of Enoch. The following is a quote from the December 7, 1935 edition of Liberty Magazine. There it says, In the mountain fastness of Ethiopia there was preserved for 13 centuries a precious manuscript which not only throws much light on the Bible, but which also was itself in the Bible for five centuries and which should be restored to the canon of Holy Writ. The story is a fascinating one when Fumientius or someone else translated the Bible into Ethiopic or Gese, as it was then called, in the 4th century, the canon or books of the Bible recognized by the church as the inspired rule of faith and practice had not yet been determined. For more than a century, scholars and church officials debated as to whether or not certain gospels, epistles, and apocalypses should be included. For instance, it was long debated which to include in the canon the book of Revelation, or the book of Enoch, which had been accepted as scripture by Jesus and Paul and the whole Christian church for several centuries. Revelation finally won out and became the last book of the Bible. The book of Enoch, under a stigma, became deemed uncanonical, gradually dropping out of use and finally disappearing. That is, until it was discovered again by a Scotsman, James Bruce, in 1768. Again, after being in the Old Testament canon for hundreds of years, just who gave the church the authority to remove Enoch? Was it the Creator, or did they unabashedly take that authority to themselves? The Book of Enoch was removed from the canon in the 2nd century CE, but by doing so, a major key to understanding what is currently transpiring, spiritually and otherwise, was lost. That great truth was how 200 watchers or angels descended from heaven, that is their dimension, and produced monstrous and bizarre prodigy with human women. Not only does Enoch show how these watchers taught all, all sorts of evil to corrupt mankind, but were the origin of the so-called myths of half-man, half-animal creatures, and not to mention giants. In verification of what Enoch informs us, a book written by author Steve Quayle, called the Book of Giants, documents the unearthing of giant human skeletons in virtually every country on Earth, some as large as 35 feet, and some even with horns. Considering hundreds of giant skeletons, which debunks the theory of evolution, have been found, a glaring question again arises. Why are they being hidden from the general public? Could it be for the same reason Enoch was taken out of the canon in the first place? After all, the Book of Enoch exposes the truth of the interaction between the angelic world and humans, which it seems the errant or rebel angels are striving to keep hidden from us. Not knowing what these evil angels or watchers did to mankind in the past gives them a decided edge in continu continuing their corruption of humanity. 
With that in mind, we must not forget the advice of Sun Tzu, Art of War. Never allow those you intend to conquer to discover your identity or agenda. It's rather interesting, however, to notice our modern canon in Jude 4 quotes Enoch even though Enoch was deemed uncanonical by the church hierarchy. Plus, the book of Enoch is directly quoted and referenced literally dozens and dozens of places by the Messiah himself. If the modern canon is considered the sacred word of God, how is it possible it quotes books not authorized by most of our current Bible-based churches? Is this not glaring hypocrisy at its finest? The same problem arises with the book of Jasher, meaning true account, which is referred to and directly quoted in Joshua 10.13 and also in 2 Samuel, where it says, Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. In 2 Samuel 1.18 it says, And he told them to teach the children of Judah the song of the bow. Indeed, it is written in the book of Jasher. Again, if the book of Jasher is quoted and even commanded by Joshua to be read in the modern authorized canon, how can it not be worthy of sacred scripture? It has to be. These problems certainly don't end with Josh, Enoch and Jasher. In the post-Babylonian captivity era of Judah, during the reign of Alexander's Greek Empire, 71 Jewish elders or priests in Alexandria, Egypt, were given the task of translating the Hebrew scrolls or Old Testament canon into the Greek language. In doing so, these Jewish translators also included some 14 scrolls previously considered too esoteric by former Israelite priests for the common man's ears or eyes. This Greek translation was called the Septuagint or the LXX, from which many of our modern translations originate. In the 4th century CE, a Roman Christian scholar named Jerome translated the Septuagint into Latin, calling it the Latin Vulgate. It became the Catholic translation of choice and also included most of the Septuagint's esoteric books. The Catholics also kept most of those Apocrypha books in their English translations as well. These books, previously considered too esoteric for the Hebrew canon, were called Apocrypha, meaning hidden away, or too weighty for the common people. Unfortunately, by the 15th century, Apocrypha began to take on a negative meaning due to Martin Luther's rejection of them in his rebellion against the Catholic Church. Luther refused to include any of them in his own German translation, even though they had been part of the canon since at least 270 BCE. The following is a quote from the Missing Books of the Bible, Volume 1. At first, the Apocrypha was considered an essential part of the English Bible. In fact, one of the archbishops associated with the King James Version of 1611 issued an order forbidding the omission of the Apocrypha from many from the Bibles. But within a few decades during the Protestant Reformation, many of the Protestant printers began to ignore this warning. By 1827, the British Bible Society had stopped including the Apocrypha in its Bibles, and the American Bible Society soon followed. Finally, the Apocrypha became the missing books of the Bible. It should be mentioned at this point there is another collection of Apocrypha books that, from the years 100 to 400 CE that are very different from the Septuagint Apocrypha books of 270 BCE. This other collection of books called by some the Apocryphal New Testament is a collection of some 200 Apocryphal Gospels or Epistles and Apocalypses 
written between the 1st and 4th centuries CE. These New Testament books are highly suspect, though, as their authors were not eyewitnesses to the Messiah and their writings or teachings and do not conform to the Old Testament scriptures for the most part. It's imperative we not forget during the first century the only Bible books or scrolls of scripture in existence were the Old Testament. Plus it's written in Malachi 3 that the Creator, Yahweh, does not change. And when it's stated of the Bereans in Acts 17.11, where it says, And they, that is the Bereans, searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so, that is the things Paul was teaching, it was the Old Testament scriptures they were searching, which included those Apocrypha books. If the Messiah and the Apostles all taught from the Old Testament scriptures in the first century, how can the Old Testament and the Apocrypha now be obsolete, as many of the Protestant denominations treat it? Interestingly, the word Apocrypha, meaning hidden or secret, came from the original Greek word Apocryphukos, and translated as hid or hidden many times in the New Testament. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, But we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden, that is apocrypha, wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. That's quite an amazing statement in light of the Protestant leaders discarding those apocrypha books in, of hidden wisdom, especially considered the churches of the first century's admission of having and teaching from them. Let's read another of the many scriptures using that hidden word. Colossians 2.3 tells us, In whom are hidden, that is Apocrypha, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, like Enoch, for instance. In light of this usage, the word Apocryphukos in the scriptures, can anyone really call the Old Testament Apocrypha books irrelevant? This brings us back to the prevailing question. Where again did the religious authorities get the scriptural authority to remove the Apocrypha books from the modern canon? Why are not all the sacred writings still sacred? In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 declares all, that is original, scripture is given by inspiration. At the time that statement was made, Enoch and many of the apocryphal books were still in the canon of scrolls in use during the first century. How is it that after almost 2,000 years of being labeled divine scripture, can writings suddenly become worthless as Bible scripture? Remember, Malachi 3, 6 again says, For I am Yahweh, I do not change. If this scripture is true, how could sacred scripture from one generation cease to be sacred in another? Most stand on the notion God inspired which books to be put in the canon or taken out, but as you can see, there is a huge and glaring problem with this assumption. Obviously, when books are included in the canon and then removed, obviously someone has made a mistake. The question is, who? Was it the Creator inspiring Enoch and the Apocrypha books to be put in the canon in the first place? Or was it Ma Martin Luther and the American Bible Society for taking them out? Bottom line, was the one who made the mistake a fallible Creator God, or those motivated by the Creator's adversaries working to manipulate what is viewed as authorized scripture or not? If the religious powers that be took Old Testament books which the Apostles and Messiah quoted from out of the canon, how do we know the books they chose for the New Testament were authorized by the Creator either? Considering the Apostles, especially Paul, were teaching from the Old Testament scriptures which the Bereans searched to prove what was being taught was correct, wouldn't a New Testament book contradicting those Old Testament writings be disqualified?
Again, would not the measuring stick discerning what scriptures are sacred or not be the Old Testament writings? Remember, twice we read the Creator does not change in Malachi 3.6, which is again repeated in Hebrews 3.8. Not to deviate from the subject and in consideration of Protestant credibility, uh, who insists the New Testament replaced the Old, of the over 5,000 New Testament manuscripts which have survived to date, none are older than the late 2nd century. That is, the 300s A.D. What does that say? You see, what are called Greek originals are not originals at all, but are the result of at least a few generations of oral tradition before being written. In fact, New Testament Bible scholars have no idea just how many generations of copies of oral tradition preceded the manuscripts falsely referred to as original. In fact, according to a leading lecturer and scholar of New Testament manuscripts, Dr. Bart Ehrman, author of Lost Christianities, not a single two of those 5,400 surviving manuscripts are identical. As shocking as that is, he also points out there are more differences and errors in those manuscripts than there are actual words in the New Testament itself. To wrap our minds around that, we must understand each copy 